You're listening to the Pimp Cron Podcast. Welcome to episode 67 of the Pimp Cron Warhammer Podcast, and I am your host, Pimp Cron. We have lots of things to talk about to you tonight. We have Hiding Your Purchases is a real talk with me and Just James. Yes, Just James is back from his long hiatus, and we are trying to discuss how to hide your purchases, how to cover the money trail, and maybe how to hide a body or so. We also are talking about, want that or want that not, what is this? It's the Pimpcron Epic War Planner. That's right. The supplement that works for any, and I do mean any, wink, fantasy or futuristic 28mm war game. And the whole goal behind it is to add a layer of narrative to your games, and you can go full narrative and use a ton of different resources in the book. You can go minimal narrative do just, you know, one aspect of it or whatever. There's a lot of solo rules, which is a big deal for a lot of people. There's co-op rules, if you and a friend want to play against the AI. There's two different types of AI tables. It's all kinds of craziness, and I love it. I hope you all love it too. Uh, it is not yet on sale, but probably within the next week on Amazon, it will be on sale. And I'm very, very excited to uh, have all of you looking at it and getting it. So... We also have a Tesseract mailbox where a guy named Martin from the Czech Republic writes in, and this is one of my favorite messages I've ever gotten, and I don't know whether I'm being trolled or it's just like a language thing. Either way, it's it's pretty entertaining, and Martin sounds like a good guy. So that is all for tonight, um, but it is very exciting, I can assure you. And you know what else is really exciting is that we are getting ready for Shorehammer. That is right. Shorehammer is, well, let me think at the time of this recording. This is Sunday night and Shorehammer setup begins Wednesday. So I only have two full days, Monday and Tuesday, until I start setting up for Shorehammer. Now, of course, I say starting to set up. I have been working literally day and night for the last uh, definitely week, but maybe two weeks, and on and off, and before then as well, checking lists and printing out slips and just, I mean, putting all my terrain in the pallets, and uh, I will be bringing 20 pallets of terrain to Shorehammer, and uh, Bliggity Blam Steve will be bringing 40, so there is a lot of terrain to be had at Shorehammer. And, um, of course, pallets, I'm not talking about pallets like a forklift, uh, we use the orange boxes, so... That's uh, still a lot of terrain. You can fit a lot of terrain in a, uh, an orange box from the produce store. So that's 60 pallets of terrain. And I am so excited. Like I said, this is one of my favorite holidays ever is Shorehammer. I get to see all of my friends that I only get to see once a year at Shorehammer. We have uh, a lot more people coming this year. We've expanded all of our tables. We've expanded um, all of our... Uh, tournaments included more people. We've added more tournaments than last year. We've got an Underworlds tournament, which is new for this year. And we have an Age of Sigmar narrative battle, which is new for this year. And we also have a super heavy big battle on Thursday night, where you literally, uh, the max is five models, and it's 900 points. So it's exactly what it sounds like. 
you're meant to be taking super heavies and big things and all of that. You don't have to take super heavies, but uh, usually the only way to get to 900 points with five models is taking super heavies. But either way, it's not going to be masses of hordes. It's going to be a lot of big, chunky models, and I cannot wait to see the Stampas and the Imperial Knights and all that stuff. It's going to be a blast. So on the hobby front, I've been excited about Stormcast again, and uh, I don't know why. You know, I just go through these spells. So I played my Cities of Sigmar with my friend Josh and his beast men, and we played against our friend TJ, and TJ whipped our ass with his um, Soul Blight. And he was also playing some Ossiarch Bone Reapers, too. Actually, it was it was mostly Bone Reapers, but he also had Soul Blight. And, um, I mean, the Ossiarch Bone Reapers, in my opinion, I've played two games against them now. Once against Just James today, and uh, he beat me 4-2, to two, so it was a very close game. And there was a point on turn 4 I thought I was going to win, and then my dice just went and crapped out on me. But, um... TJ, the the big thing with TJ is that, uh, what was it? He went first. No, no, I'm sorry. We decided to go first, and then he went second. And then I was thinking to myself, he moved and ran right in front of us. And I was thinking to myself, oh God, if he gets the double turn, we are boned. And guess what happened? He got the double turn, and we were boned. It was not pretty. He beat us like. Uh, I'm going to just make up numbers because at the, at the end, the objectives were worth nine points and he was already beating us. So I think he had like 20 something and we were in the teens. It was quite a spread. Um, he probably beat us by like 13 or 14 points. And um, that was, that was pretty gross, but what do you do anyway? So the Osirak Burn Reapers seem to be um, pretty good. I mean, they definitely break some rules and things and they, um, but the, I don't see how they're super, super powerful just yet. But you know what? Everyone's still playtesting and whatnot. And just out of the gate, they're pretty decent. So I'm assuming they're definitely going to be top tier because it's, it's, it's pretty nasty. Oh, I just get a plus one to my save because of my, you know, dynasty I took or whatever. Oh, I just get a plus one to save if I'm within 24 inches of this HQ here. Oh, I get plus one to hit. It's like, it's just crazy. It's left and right. It's plus one to this, plus one to that. They ignore Battleshock. It's just crazy. But I, I do like the army over, overall, and I don't feel like they're unkillable. So that, that does help. Well, anyway, let's get going with the show, and uh, that's it. Let's open the Tesseract mailbox. Hey, sports fans, it's time for the Tesseract mailbox. And I almost did not have a Tesseract mailbox for you this week because nobody had written in. It was very sad. I was inconsolable. But luckily, at the stroke of, I don't know, what whatever, 2 o'clock, at the stroke of 2 o'clock p.m. today, I got a message. And it is, I'm not certain if this is 100% true. I'm not certain if someone is messing with me. I don't know what this is, so I will let you, I will offer no commentary on this whatsoever, and I will just let you decide whether or not this is a real message, or if it's a trolling message, or it's a joke. Don't know. I get a message on my Brutality Skirmish War Game at gmail.com account, which is at the bottom of each one of my articles, because uh, I'm like, hey, here's the free rules on Facebook, and if you want to contact me, you know, to get the free rules if you don't use Facebook... Here it is. 
occasionally I get people trying to contact Bell of Lost Souls about advertising, and they're like, hey, you know, we want to buy advertising from you, and I don't know why they thought that would be a, a way to get a hold of Bell of Lost Souls, but that, uh, I just ignore them. And, uh, this person named Martin, he writes, and this is what I see in my email, I must leave horrible parents, I live in Slovakia, life is hell without money. Alright, so once you open up the email, it says, I need small loan. Death is maybe better. That's all it says. So, I had to reply, Explain a little further, please, and I will put your letter on the podcast. Flesh out your message a little more so I can read it on the air. Because, honestly, I must leave horrible parents. I live in Slovakia. Life is hell without money. I need small loan. Death is maybe better. I'm like... That is interesting enough for me to want more, but uh, don't know where this is going exactly. So, Martin writes back. I am Martin H. from Slovakia. My IQ is 166. Uh, that's above genius levels if you guys don't know that. I live with parents which are aggressive and don't fund me. I want move to Los Angeles. Also, my physical power and speed are high. We have food for needs, but mother refusing it to refusing to give it to me and father because she is obsessed with saving all she have in hands. I want social security and wife in Los Angeles. I need rich wife. I offer my services using great strength, speed, and IQ. I am genius, but without funds, it's worthless. So, um... I, uh, I'll just let that sink in for a minute. So, what do we know about Martin here? Apparently, his home life is not good, and that is really upsetting to hear. Um, unfortunately, a lot of people have really harsh home lives, you know? I don't know how old Martin is, but, um, if he's a child, then there's really no way to avoid that. If he's an adult, then it would be possible maybe to you know, try to save up some money, get a job, you know, and get out on your own sort of thing, because certainly a lot of us could, you know, um, sympathize with him and say, oh yeah, I had a parent or parents or whatever that were really stingy and whatnot. Um, once again, you say your mother will not fund you. I don't know what that means. I don't know what the context of that is. You know, how old are you? Are you capable of working? That sort of thing. And, uh, the wife and social security number, uh, sh you need social security and wife in Los Angeles, and you need a rich wife. Well, you would think I would not be able to help you with that, but we're currently running a special on Patreon, where if you are a top-level Patreon subscriber, we will offer you a free rich wife in Los Angeles and social security benefits. So, uh, Martin, I know you said money's tight. That might be an option for you. That might be an alleyway to, you know, do. Now, I will tell you, though, if I'm being completely honest, I'm known for being very honest, that the rich wives in Los Angeles that we offer through Patreon are only of average looks, okay? They're not, they're not the models that you expect in Los Angeles. No, they're not ugly either, but... Uh, they are just, you know, average rich wives from Los Angeles. You know the type. Like, that, that just that type of person. Um, that, that type of... I mean, they're really a dime a dozen over here. If 
I can't go to the store without running into a rich wife from Los Angeles, and I live on the other side of the country. So, um, now, that was actually a joke. Uh, we do not offer um, human trafficking on the Patreon, so just just uh, don't get that out of your head. Uh, if you are having issues, Martin, I'm sorry to hear that, if this is like a legitimate message, I am sorry to hear that your home life is bad. Hopefully you can get a job and save up some money and get out on your own. Uh, if this is all just a joke message, then it's, you know, I, I won't say anything else. But anyway, thanks for listening, and uh, this was one of my favorite messages I've gotten so far. Also, man, congratulations on the on the high IQ, strength, and speed. I mean, if I were to rate myself, uh, my strength and speed, uh, like I'm average strength, you know? Um, speed is probably less than average. I'm more of like an endurance guy than a sprinting guy. So being that you got high... Uh, strength and speed is is quite the package. So you've um, I mean I'm sure you'll have the the rich Los Angeles wives all over you probably. But anyway, so I uh, messaged him back afterwards, and I said, "What did I say?" I said, "That really sucks, dude. Any way to capitalize on all that strength and speed? Do you have a job?" And you know it's true. You might think I'm being sarcastic, but if you've got strength and speed, a lot of employees have either strength or speed. But if you have strength and speed, that's a that's a real quality a lot of em- employers. I mean, if you can do the heavy work and do it fast, that's a that's a definitely something in your pocket there. So you should not have an issue getting a job. But uh I will also agree with you that not having money sucks. So, anyway, I look forward to hearing back from Martin. I hope he gets back with me and um if he's looking for a small loan like he said he's parking up the wrong tree i gotta tell you <laughs> anyway i guess that's it so i hope you enjoyed it as much as i did and martin good luck with everything i hope to hear back from you want that or want that not we have a very special want that or want that not it is me and the Just James. Hi, Just James. Yeah, what's up? And we went to cover, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, Just James, Just James. I'm so excited. Uh-huh. In my hand, you're looking at it. I see you looking at it. It's a piece of garbage? Nope. The Pimpcron's Epic War Planner Volume 1. Oh. Okay. So, um, so this is my supplement for basically any of your favorite 28 millimeter war games that are futuristic or uh, fantastical. And I guess, man, I can't really think of any games this would apply to, though. I'm really trying to think. There's, like, many games you could use it for that, like, involve people, like, swinging war hammers and just, like, whole ages of gods, like, you know, in realms of mortals and, like, I don't know, like some games have like a, a leader that's been dead forever on like a throne and just stuff like that. Like I can't specifically think of any games, but it works for fantasy or futuristic and it is specifically worded to work for both of them equally. So if you could possibly think of some sort of game system that's really popular from the UK that, you know, has taken up 10 years of my life or something like that, if you could just think of a game that fits that profile. That's essentially what this supplement is for. This is my author copy. 
and I am making like little odds and ends, tweaks, whatever. So this is not the final copy, but I suspect that hopefully in the next day or so, I will have all these little teeny editorial lay- layout things corrected, and then it will be up for sale on Amazon under Epic War Planner, not Pimpcron's Epic War Planner. The actual title is Epic War Planner Volume 1. And what this is, is this is a supplement that uh, basically is geared towards narrative rules, narrative campaigns, narrative effects. And you and I have both said in the past where it's like, oh man, I get I get kind of sick of playing the same old, same old. You know, it's always like, oh, it's just the same, same, you know, Dawn of War style with some objectives or some kill points or whatever. Yeah. When you play as often as we do, it does get kind of the same. So uh, this is aiming to change all of that. Uh, now, a brief uh, coverage of what is in this um, chapter by chapter. I'm not going to make this forever. The plot point list. You've played this with me before. The idea behind the plot point list is to add some narrative effect to your games and to try to even the score. So whenever somebody is down in points or they've lost more units or things like that, they get to roll on this 2d6 table and they do something like, oh, pick an enemy unit that gets distracted and they get negatives or the the orders are unclear and it's garbled or whatever. And, and sometimes you can move enemy units or sometimes, you know, they get negatives or sometimes you get buffs to hurt them or whatever. And um, that's that's supposed to add some narrative to it and also hopefully balance the game a little bit if you're getting your ass handed to you. Uh, the next thing we have is the effects tables. Now, you have also used the effects tables. Um, the effects tables I'm very excited about because, once again, it's a very, very small tweak to the game that I feel adds some real energy to it. So, in other words, like we're like, oh, we're playing in an Arctic field, whatever. Well, okay, but there's no rules for that. There's no rules for, oh, it's very cold out. Oh, it's very slippery or it's very whatever. Well, this is, all of these are a 2d6 table that adds, uh, I suggest you roll twice because all these rules are just a very tiny little rule. It's nothing like majorly changing, but it's enough to give it flavor for your game. So I have a Arctic effects table, jungle effects table, low gravity slash vacuum um, effects table, like if you're fighting in space. There's a warped reality, there's a desert, there's an underwater, and there's a polluted effects table. So... Is this not like the coolest thing you've ever seen in your entire life? That's all right. Yeah, it's totally all right. That's right. It's awesome. So uh, let's say if you are encrusted in ice, you roll 10 for the Arctic effects table. All models have minus one inch to their movement characteristics and have minus one to hit rolls and melee combat because they're literally getting coated in ice. Does that just rustle your jimmy or what? It's okay. Okay, cool. I'm glad we're on the same page. Uh, let's go to the low gravity slash vacuum effects, right? Let's say no wind resistance because you're in space. Armor save rolls made against ranged attacks receive an additional minus one to roll in addition to other modifiers. So everything has an extra AP or an extra rend for ranged because there's literally nothing slowing that bullet down. Isn't that exciting? It's additionally okay. (laughs) Okay. Uh, what about the toxic table, right? If you rolled a number 10 gas exposure, all units are immune to morale checks. Now you're playing your Ossiarch Bone Reapers and they don't give a shit about morale, but 
but that would actually help even the field for me, right? Playing against you. Um, another one would be, let's say, uh, corrosive atmosphere. All vehicles and monsters must reroll armor saves of a six up. So that's pretty gross too, if you think about it. That's all right. I mean, yeah, I mean it's 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 really all right, right? You gotta get excited about this. It's really that's okay. Yeah, okay. So now we've got role playing tables. Role playing tables, I'm really excited about too, because you're like, what? I can bring role playing to my Warhammer game. That's totally like really awesome. And I'm like, you're right, it is. So essentially, you think of oh, role playing as in like an RPG. The idea behind this is not actually. You know, oh, hello, kind shrew, and you're talking to him and whatnot. It's not really the point. The point is to still play a regular Warhammer game, but you have the option to give a little character to your units, a little bit of this and that. Um, this is a little more in-depth, and I'm not going to, uh, you know, completely explain this whole thing. But essentially, you can give a trait to different units, such as they could be good at repair, or they could be good at arcane knowledge or they could be good at intimidation or persuasion or interrogation or whatever and they help um depending on what your objectives are you create specialist units with these abilities and those specialist units now have a special role in your army um doesn't that sound really cool Uh, it's a it's okay i guess it's all right well you're you're really good to have on here so hacking and puzzles right um, I've got three different ways to have hacking puzzles. And you can roll dice, you can draw cards, you can do a bunch of different stuff. But you know those those movies where it's like building tension? The whole point of these hacking puzzles is to build tension. So um, this is a person trying to like de- uh, decipher ancient runes on this, this ancient tablet, you know, to uh, reverse the ritual. And meanwhile, there's enemies banging at the door and all this stuff. Isn't that like one of your favorite parts of a movie? It's like really exciting. It's, yeah. Okay. Well, it's it's just that's what it's supposed to. You know what? Okay, hold on. Hold on a second. You need to get on the same page with me about this because I am going to sell so many of these, and this is obviously. I mean, Warhammer is a popular thing, right? Yeah. So, it, it's obviously going to outsell Harry Potter. And Song of Iron and Fi- uh, Ice and Fire, or whatever the hell that's called. And you gotta look. If I'll make you a deal, if you're really positive about this, when I buy my third house because of sales from this book, I will just give it to you. You can just have that third house. Really? Yes, you can pick it out, and I will just I will pay for it because of all of the crazy sales that I will definitely sell from this book. Okay. And I will just give it to you. Third house. I get to keep the first two. Okay. But the third one is yours. All right. Is that fine? Sure. No, I need you to be a little more energetic about this. All right, I'll do that. Okay. All right, so uh, the narrative missions, right? Yeah, sounds fun. <laughs> yeah, there's. it does. Thank you. Yeah. And the, the narrative missions are, uh, I'm not going to go into all these, but they essentially. Oh, why not, man? So you should go to everything. It's really, Should I just read it? Yeah, do everything. No, I'm, I'm not reading it. So the point man, is. you guys are missing out. Yeah, it's cool, isn't it? Yeah. Like, we're both sitting here with stiffies. It's awesome. Yeah. Mine's bigger than yours, though. <laughs> I cannot deny that. It's I'm, I'm actually a little... I'm stuttering here. Uh, so, they've got several different missions where it's... um, uh, it's The whole point is to tell a story versus uh-huh. just have random objectives and things like that. Uh-huh. 
So then you've got narrative rules. Yeah. Yeah. Narr- See? Yeah, that's good. This is really exciting. I knew this was the part you'd get excited about. Yeah, I really like that. So here is a tree campaign of narrative. Whoa. Yeah. Narrative missions. I've even got a solo campaign rules. Holy shit. Yeah, I know. I know. Stop. Your penis can only get so erect. Right? <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> Not with this book. <laughs> So, you got warlord trait tables, right? For uh-huh. your narrative campaigns. So, as your warlord survives missions, they get better and better and they learn stuff. These are all genius. Thank you. I that's what I've that's what I've been trying to tell these people, right? And then there's also injury tables. Every time you're Those are even more geniuser. Uh, yes, actually, I actually number the pages by more and more geniuser. Wow. So, the farther you get into it, that's very smart. Yes. Thank you. Uh, Whenever your warlord dies in a narrative campaign, they roll on the injury table because they're probably just sleeping. They're not really dead. Now, if you roll double ones, they're actually dead. But, you know, it's a 2d6 table, so whatever. That's smart. That's that's very smart. Thank you. And unique objectives, right? We got unique objectives. We got civilian objectives. You always want to fight over people, right? Yeah. Now you can fight over people. Oh, man. And they have their own AI. They also, if you want to use a scatter die, you can use it with a scatter die, or I've included a D6. That's very thoughtful. Yes. Very thoughtful. I was thinking of the people when I did this. Uh, then... Can I Can I just say, I'm glad to be your friend. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. I'm very this is, glad. This is the type of excitement I knew the second half of this book you'd get like really excited about. Um, so the solo and co-op play. Now, we've played this extensively, and I know you really liked it. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. Yeah. So the AI tables, right? Uh-huh. You, you've got AI tables so that that will run the enemy for you. Okay? That's, wow. Yeah, it's it's amazing. It's it's almost like Skynet or something, right? Yeah. It's like the AI is what crazy. What have they ever done? Yeah. <laughs> All but good stuff. Only good stuff, in my opinion. Um, I mean, like, two out of six movies ain't bad, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so... <laughs> <laughs> you've got AI tables on how the whole army operates. Then you've got decision trees, if you'd prefer that. If you'd like a more mechanical, you know, oh, you know, A, B decision making for each unit, then you've got that. That's pretty cool, right? Yeah, that's very cool. Okay, that's I thought very, I lost you for a minute. Very cool. Thank you. Very cool. Uh, then you've got uh, scenario mode. Now, scenario mode, I think, is one of the coolest things about this book. And uh, you have also played this with me. Yes, and it you, was cool. You loved it. Like, remember, you couldn't sleep for three days after no, playing. No, I couldn't. It. Yeah, I you couldn't. were uh, I couldn't. actually. There's... You guys, I don't. I don't. This might be controversial. You guys probably might not want to get this book because what? because of that. Don't tell them because that. it's so cool. It might you know ruin your life. <laughs> I, it has ruined mine. I gotta tell you, I spent the last year making this book. It's ruined my life. So scenario mode. Uh, is intended to just throw you directly into the fight. The enemies are all around you. The enemies are AI-controlled or player-controlled. And the units are just dropping in all around you. They're hidden, they're popping up, or they're coming from the sky or from up under the ground. And it is really designed to be a smaller-ish, medium to smaller-sized game. You could play larger, but um, it is meant to... The player deployment is random every time. The mission is random every time, and the enemy deployment is random every time. So it's very, very different every single time you play. Very cool. Thank you. And then also, uh, actually, that was, oh, we got, yeah, we got the enemy deployment. So you've got uh, missions, enemy deployment, and player deployment. And 
That is scenario mode. So, I mean, I don't know about you, but I need a cigarette reading this book. That's pretty cool. (laughs) Anyway. I think I would get five copies of this. Well, you know, okay, I'm glad you said that, because I was thinking uh, you should probably all buy your copies immediately, and you should probably buy, like, five, because the value of this book, this is like a gold bond, not the medicated powder, but like a bond, right? Uh Uh-huh. It's a, only a bond between friends. Okay, like a bond between friends, it's only going to appreciate like with value. Me, like me me and yours. Yes. Yours and I. Because we've always been really good friends. Yeah. I, at least Very since halfway through this book. So <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh it will be on sale soon. In the next week, uh as soon as I upload the final drafts. But I do have to, on a serious note, I have to say that I'm very, very, very excited and proud to have this book in my hand after a literal year of working on it. And, you know, uh, it's uh, 70-some pages, and uh, it's got a lot of thought put into it. And hopefully it can actually improve people's games and give them narrative feel. You can run a mission with it. You can run a... uh, You've got different missions in it. You can run a campaign with it. You can, you know, your warlords can get better or worse as time goes on. You've got all kinds of different realm effects. I mean, if you wanted to go ham on it, you really could use nearly every chapter in the book on one game, and it would be a crazy-ass game. Not really suggesting that, but if you just wanted, like, oh, let's spice up a normal game, you roll twice on one of the realm effect tables. And, uh, anyway. So hopefully, people will like it, and I will definitely have a link for it in the show notes for next week if I don't have it this week, because it's currently, at the exact time of this recording, do not have it for sale just yet, because I got a couple little things. I have been over this damn thing, like, probably five times. Like, I have, I went over it four times when I was making it, and I kept editing and editing and editing, and then finally, I... Um, I bought the book and had it shipped to me and now I went over, I'm halfway going through all of it again to find, I'm just trying to make it the very best it can be. So, I appreciate you being on and I really appreciate all your enthusiasm. Like, it means a lot to me. No problem. That you're really behind this book. I'm glad to be a part of it. And it's friends like you that make life worth living. Friends like you. Aw, Stop. Now it's time for Real Talk with Pentcron. Hey everybody, today I am joined with Just James. This is our loving reunion. You haven't been on the show in a while, have you? No, I've been enjoying the break. <laughs> the break away from me? Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, the break is over. Welcome back to school. Oh man. <laughs> So today we want to discuss uh, clever ways for you to hide your purchases from your family and your friends and your loved ones and all of that. Because, I mean, let's be real here for a minute. We probably all spend too much on this hobby. And, oh, yeah. And we need to hide it. Yeah. Like, this is this is something we need to hide. <laughs> yeah. It's embarrassing. Yeah, yeah it can be. Uh, we're sitting right now surrounded by all of my years <laughs> of Warhammer purchases. So, <laughs> um, so let's say you come home, right? There's people there and you want to hide it from those people. What is a simple way to hide the fact that you just spent, let's say a hundred bucks on something that, you know, they will judge you for. 
Well, you got to make sure, you know, you stop at the store first. Okay. And then you get cereal. <laughs> you take the, you throw the cereal away because who wants to eat that? And then you take the spruce out and stick it in the cereal box. It's not a bad idea, but they'd be like, why are you going back to your room with cereal? Right? <laughs> I'm hungry. I'm hungry. Um, that's not a, actually, that's not a bad idea. Well, then get some milk in a bowl. <laughs> okay. And then take it back there with you. That is not, that is a pretty good idea, actually. Um, okay. So I, I get that. Um, you're eating cereal in your game room or wherever. Uh, you know, of course, there's the old hide it under your shirt, hide it under your jacket. But I think you've already covered, you need to take it out of the container. Yes. Because the boxes are almost always larger than the spurs. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, um... This is stuff you need to pre-stage this before you get home. You need to strip the, you know, I mean, you might want to keep the directions, but strip the box and any like leaflets or whatever that come in it, you want to throw all that away. Don't leave it in your car, right? Yeah, right. So, um, what else could you do? Um, one thing you could say is that, hey, uh, yeah, honey, uh, just James, you know, accidentally kept one of his units. Like, uh, yeah. Like he bought that, not me, but... Uh, I'm just holding it because he left it in my car, and I'll just, you know, I don't want it to be out in the cold, so <laughs> this is it. You could do that. Yeah, that's a good idea. The old hold it for a friend? Yeah. Yeah. Um, my friend bought this for me. Oh, a present. A gift. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, the problem is if you don't have friends. Like, I don't have any friends. Oh, uh, yeah. I pay you a lot to be on here, yeah. so. Well, a lot, I don't know. I don't know about that. I need more money. <laughs> So sit here and listen to this. That's right. <laughs> uh, but you're right, though. The friend thing, especially if it's around the holidays. So one really clever way to be like, oh, you know, well, a secret Santa also implies that you're spending money, too. So you could say a random drawing, you know? Uh, uh, kind uh, gift of the heart. I don't know. Or he just gave it to me. Like, like he didn't buy it for me. He had it left over. He had this. Yeah. 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 He, He's had it for years. He wasn't using it. Yeah. You know, too much. You know, he's got. He already has too much stuff. Yeah. So it was just spillover. Yeah. And 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 honey, if I'm being honest, he's got kind of a problem. <laughs> <laughs> he might be addicted. I don't know. He might be. So, uh, what else could you do? Um, well, if you have a room or a garage or something that's near the door. Uh, with shelving or something like that. You know, most parents, family, spouses, whatever, most of them don't know exactly what you have. So if you kind of leave it around, you know, like put it in your mudroom or your pantry or whatever, and just like leave it off in the corner, it'd be a little while before they notice that it's there. And then you'd be like, oh, well, I've had that for years. What do you mean? That's not a new... What are you talking about? Yeah. And... 100% please take it out of the shrink, shrink wrap. E yeah. Even sure the, the price tags off of it. Oh my God. Yes. The price tag. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah. Some people, I'm telling you when I was first getting into Warhammer or, or before I got into Warhammer, you know, I used to, always used to make my own games and things like that. And I was going to make a uh, skirmish war game before I knew what skirmish war games were. And you might've ended up playing with me at some point. It was the green army men. Um, I bought, I spray painted one group red, one group gr blue. No, that wasn't me. Oh, okay. Well, I know, I know, uh, Cronet played it with me. I know, uh, our old friend Valerie played it with me too. And, um, anyway, I had like, you know, the machine gunner, I had the bazooka guy and they all had simple rules for how they worked, you know? Uh -huh. And 
I I was looking up like, well, maybe someone makes miniatures, you know, like maybe that's a thing. I had no idea it was a thing. But I'm like, all right. So I look online and I remember seeing a box of Space Marines. And I was like, dude, those look awesome. I'm going to buy a box of those. And then I saw the price and I'm like, oh, $25 for 10. <laughs> like, what the hell is this? And then I was like, well, you know, if I bought 10, I mean, 25 bucks, they look really cool and they're really well painted. So I guess I'll... I guess I could buy a box of that. <laughs> and then somehow, I don't know if it was like on the website, like come there supplied, unpainted, unassembled or whatever. And I'm like, are you serious? I got to put this together and then paint this shit? <laughs> I was like, no way. So uh, so from the outsider's point of view, people do not realize how much this cost. Yeah. I mean, so, and it's absurd. You know, you and I don't really scoff at, oh, a 10-man box for f- 40 bucks or something, you know, because we've been conditioned. Yeah. But, man, that's that's a pretty steep thing. Um, have you seen that uh, that meme where it's been going around a lot lately and someone's like, uh, he's like, yeah, I've got a two, he's talking to his girlfriend or something. He's like, I got a 2,000 point army. And she goes, what? And he's like, I got a 2,000 point army. And she's like, oh, thank God. I thought you said you'd spent $2,000 on this game. <laughs> <laughs> And then, you know, it's that puppet was like looking left, looking right, yeah. you know, and <laughs> so uh, what are other ways that we could hide our, what if, what if you cut up the sprue into even smaller pieces and put it in a bag or something like that, not clip the things off the sprue, but you know, the, some of the sprues, especially vehicles can be pretty large yeah. and h- hard to hide. Um. You could take a container with you, like a lunchbox, or depending on how long you play. Yeah, stick, or stick it in your dice box if you have one. Yep. Get it lost within the dice. Yeah, cover it in dice. Like, yeah. you've got your big dice box. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty good. Covered in dice. That's true, like you used to do in the ball pit as a kid. Yeah. <laughs> you just go under and have people cover you up. Put it in your uh, sports bag. Oh, no. I thought you were going to say sports bra. <laughs> <laughs> do that, too. Yeah, your sports bag, but like you said, we're we're nerds. No one's got a sports bag. That would be the first clue. <laughs> what the hell are you doing with a sports duffel bag? You're hiding something. Also, what you could do is uh, if you have a you know like a, a box that you bring your Warhammer stuff in, you could just slide it in there amongst the other stuff. So like a army transport or whatever. Yeah. Or a big Tupperware thing or. Once again, the sprues are pretty easy to hide. So I guarantee you I could take one of my Sable cases and slide a sprue down the side of it inside. Yeah. And no one, or even where the rulebook goes, that big zipper where the rulebook goes, you could fit a couple sprues in oh, there. Oh, yeah, yeah, you could do that. So, and nobody would think twice if you walk in with your army transport and you're holding your book. Yeah. <laughs> nobody would think anything. So, um, what else? What else could we do that would be hiding it from people? You could shove it up your ass. I mean, you could keister it. Sure, if you got a big enough asshole. <laughs> well, uh, that'll probably be a future episode where we talk about the training and uh, the stretching and the, all that. You gotta, you gotta prepare for that. That's not yeah. a last minute thing. No, it's not. Um, and uh, so I feel like we've come to the point where we need to start hiding our purchases, not just what we buy, but how we pay for it. So, uh, one thing you could do is always pay cash because there's no evidence of whatever you know right um what else could you do uh you could get an app like they it tracks your uh 
uh, your purchases, your purchases, peach tree, or one of those things that track yeah. your budget. Yeah, you could, or name it something else besides you know, Warhammer purchase. Like you could name it gas. You could name uh-huh. it uh, Christmas gift, or you could rename <laughs> it. Uh, I don't know, hookers. I don't know. Oh, oh, okay. So you rename it Christmas gift for my wife, mom, brother, whatever, right? And as they see you spending more and more money on it, they'll be like, wow, this is going to be a cool Christmas gift. And they won't say a word about it because yeah. they'll be like, oh, well, he's spending a lot of money on my Christmas gift. Yeah, he's really thoughtful. Yeah. And then, like, stage a fire. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> if you have a small shed, burn it down. <laughs> uh, do whatever you can so that you'll be like, well, crap, it's gone. Yeah. Like, I was building you this wonderful something. Yeah. And it's all gone. And then she's like, what about all your Warhammer miniatures in the shed? (laughs) I did not plan this well. (laughs) So, uh, but we're not talking about causes for suicide. We're not talking (laughs) about that. Uh, So you're right, though. If you hid that in your budget, um, or just put it like miscellaneous, you could say, you know, or or eating out, or like you said, or the strip club. Everyone's got like a line item that says like, you know, the club on their budget. And your wife is fine with that. Like, she's not going to have an issue with that. No, no, no. So, um, you know, most families, you know, keep some cash on hand, you know, 50 bucks out of every paycheck or something just for like odds and ends of coffee or whatever. And uh, it would not be a bad idea at all to just take out an extra 10 bucks or an extra, you know, and obviously I'm talking about saving. Like, you know, you you take an extra $10 every week or 20 bucks or something every week. Or, you know, you've been allotted these 50 bucks, and guess what? You don't buy coffee that week. And you'd save, what, 2 or $3 every day. It's 15 bucks you didn't spend. Now that goes to Warhammer, you know? Yeah. Um, or, you know, you could even start allotting yourself. You could even talk to your significant other or whatever and say, hey, you know, I want X amount of money a week to just spend. Even if it's 50 bucks a week. I just want to be able to spend, you know, on coffee or, or whatever. Uh, lunch sometimes. And then don't spend it on that. And, I mean, that's probably the most honest thing we've said tonight. Because you literally would be like, hey, I want to spend it on whatever I want to. And, you know, most most people, 50 bucks a week on some lunches and some stuff like that, that's really not that much money. And you'd get $200 a month to spend on Warhammer. And meanwhile, you pack lunch and you bring that to work or whatever. And you're it's perfectly on the up and up. You said, I want to spend it on what I want to spend it on. Yeah. It's, you're, you're not really lying. I mean, you could give... You could give suggestions like, oh, I want to spend it on lunch or whatever. And I'm sure at some point you're going to spend some on lunch. I mean, but you and your mind know that ultimately you're really going to spend it on Warhammer. Um, But if they agree to it, they agree to it. So, um, of course, there's always things like, you know, college tuition, if you're saving up for that. Let's say you're saving up for college tuition for your kids and you look at your kid over there. He's like licking the carpet or something. (laughs) And you're like, this kid's not going to college. I'm sorry. He's just not. (laughs) So you talk about how, oh, you know, he's got a really bright future and really play it up. And anytime your wife has like questions about your child, like, I don't know, you know, he's been walking in circles for two hours or something (laughs) like that. You go, no, no, that's what Einstein did. You know, It's, it's a sign of intelligence. He's thinking really hard. <laughs> he's thinking really hard about wormholes. And that's why he's walking around in yeah. circles. And uh, you really talk it up and go, wow, he's really... You could even make stuff up. Like when, you're, when your significant other's not there, 
Say that your child did something amazing, right? Your kid doesn't do anything besides try to eat and pass blocks. But while your spouse is gone, you stack a bunch of blocks in some like ornate pattern. And then when they come back, you're like, did he do that? Yeah. Oh, my God. He definitely needs to go to college. (laughs) 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 He's going to be an engineer. I just know it. She's like, I don't know. He usually just eats the blocks. Uh, (laughs) And uh, so, I mean, that would be that would be very un. Uh, dishonest but i mean whatever in this in this life you gotta manipulate however you can to get warhammer money yeah i mean s a d if you have to really s a d right <laughs> f a d um f a d really do there's a lot of things you could do with a d honestly for money yeah and uh so what else any other ways to hide your money that you spend put it in your wallet i don't know <laughs> Uh, yeah, you could, you could put it in your wallet. Actually, that's, you know, that's what I do. Um, I mean, this is not like hiding it per se, but when I'm saving money, I always know that, you know, I always save cash because I'd rather save cash than have it on the credit card. And I will, you know, when I'm ready, I'm going to be saving it for purchase. I will like roll it up and put it away somewhere, you know, just so that I know that it's there and nobody can get it. Because, you know, if you have, like, some common place that you keep your money, your your spouse or whatever is probably going to take it at some point. They're like, oh, crap, you know, I got to get some groceries or whatever. And they're going to snatch it up and take it. So you really should have some sort of piggy bank or something. Um, you could hide it in your Warhammer stuff. <laughs> Actually, you know, that's a pretty good idea. I didn't even think of that. Because why would they ever go in your Warhammer stuff? Yeah. Now... I think we're at the point of this conversation where we need to start discussing how to hide your drugs involving Warhammer. So, like, I hold all my methamphetamines in my Warhammer because my wife would never look there, right? Right. And uh, what else could we hide in Warhammer? Okay, now the topic's changed to what else can we hide in Warhammer? (laughs) (laughs) Um, I have at least four bodies under my shed where I keep my Warhammer. All right. I've been hiding that in the Warhammer. Um, I cheat in the shed, so I mean that's hiding my infidelity. Yeah, I know in the you shed. Cheat. Yeah, well, <laughs> uh, we don't we don't discuss that, James. I'm not ready. Uh, <laughs> cheat, you cheat in the game. That's what I'm oh, saying. Oh, 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 shit! Yeah, yeah cheat not, in the game. That's that was a good cheat, cover. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, cheat in the game. Cheating ass cheater. Let me wink. I'm winking at you, James. The funny thing is, he didn't wink at all. <laughs> it's the theater of the mind, is what it is. So, well, uh, do you have anything else to add to this? We've covered how to hide the products that you buy. We've covered how to hide your money that you've spent on it. And then we've even covered miscellaneous things like hiding bodies, hiding drugs, hiding mistresses. And then later, the mistress's body. So what else? Uh... I think I did. You know, one other thing. One last thing. Kind of lost interest. (laughs) And so has the audience. (laughs) Uh, One last thing. You know, if you have your own car, um, if you and your spouse have their own car or whatever, um, you could just hide the stuff in the car. Yeah. Until you have time to assemble it or... This is what you do. You go down south where they try to uh, sneak people in. You Mm -hmm. learn their techniques. (laughs) And then, you, that's where you put your Warhammer stuff. Oh, interesting. You put your Warhammer stuff, you make them keister, is what you're saying. 
uh, well, yeah, you can do that too. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I think that's it. Um, but seriously, leave it in your car would be another thing. Anything that's out of, you can put it in the, the attic, you can put it in the basement, you can put it literally wherever you want, but just keep it out of sight and don't let them see any record of you paying for it. Right? Right. Also, if you really want to be on the up and up for it, trade for stuff. Like, you don't have to spend money on stuff. We've traded stuff all the time, and a lot of gaming groups will do that. Someone's like, oh, I never used this unit, and you're like, hey, well, I've got this. Do you want, you know, and whatever. And then maybe you ask a little D or something to just, make, like, sweeten the deal, but that's basically Just a little it. bit, you know. <laughs> just a tip. Everybody takes a shot in the mouth if it gets them where they want to go. <laughs> you know, you've said that for years, and I'm always like, why? Why is he saying this? But now I understand why. <laughs> It's also weird because you always win Mr. Congeniality every year at our gaming club. They all vote you Mr. Congeniality. I got a nice handshake. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you for being on, Just James, and yeah. thank you for enduring this. Yeah, whatever. <laughs>